It's that time of the week again. It's time for Chit Chat Across the Pond. This is episode number 607 for September 7th, 2019. And I'm your host, Allison Sheridan. Today, we have an amazing guest we have never heard from before, <laughs> Barbu Schatz. <laughs> oh, well, this time we're going to be light and actually mean it. How's that? Yeah, yeah, I think we are going to uh, take it real easy. Uh, two weeks from now, you think we're going to be back on our uh, programming by self bandwagon? I hope so. Um, I, I am, I am, unless something goes horribly wrong, I am about to start my annual leave. I am completely in winding down mode. Um, I still have some documentation to write and stuff, but I think, I think, I, did I remember to text you when I hit feature complete? Yes, you did. That was very exciting. This is, this is for work, right? Yeah. I mean, okay. I ended up squishing a lot of bugs after that because I stayed in late to become feature complete. And turns out that you write really bad code when you do that. Who knew? <laughs> <laughs> well, you did say bug bug uh, bug checking and uh, you know failure testing and uh, documentation. So I feature did. complete true. did not mean it was all working. Indeed, it did not. <laughs> Having said that, I found some really cool jQuery or not jQuery JavaScript libraries and things. So uh, my terminal output now has like colors and stuff. Ooh, that's neat. Yeah, I'm really pleased. I just find some cool tools. I don't know if we're going to use them in programming by self because we're not really doing CLI stuff. But if we ever do decide to go that way, I now have some really cool toys. CLI is command line interface for those who don't know. Indeed it is. But right now we're sort of enjoying the web. So I don't want to drag us away from that. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, what are we going to talk about today? Okay, so normally when you go away and make me, make me, <laughs> normally when I do a solo show and I need to find some content. One of the wells I go to is I do podcast recommendations, only it's a well I haven't been to in a while. And I've actually really changed how I listen to podcasts since the last time I went down that well. So that actually means there's a whole bunch of shows that I listen to now that I would never have dreamed of listening to before. Um, And some of them are just really cool and I want to share. So I'm not going to, I'm going to try not to retread and recommend podcasts I've recommended before. Like my recommendations still stand, but I'm hoping these are ones I haven't recommended before. Okay. So I guess before I go into the sort of more detail, just to say that how I've ended up living my podcasting life. So, um, I, I mostly listen to podcasts when out and about exercising. Um, so I sort of manage my podcasting life through three playlists in Overcast. One called Exercising, which I may, which I probably should just rename to the one Bart actually listens to. Um, <laughs> this, I'm sorry, I just I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. It's basically my entry specific. point, right? Because everything ends mm-hmm. up being rooted through that playlist. Okay. And now, because Overcast has a cool feature where you can mark podcasts as being uh, priority podcasts, um, they bubble straight up to the top, which is great. So the stuff like you know, the daily stuff like Mac OS Ken always bubbles right up to the top. And so I never get behind on that, which would be terrible. And then there's a whole Wait, bunch of... how do you of, get it to bubble to the top? You set them as priority podcasts. Ah. Oh, and that only works within a playlist, though? Yes. As I say, I use... The overcast is really aimed to be used uh, with with a playlist. I love it and use it constantly, but I do not use the playlist at all. Wow. I used to, and then it just, it just turned into a whole bunch of overhead for me that didn't seem to give me value because I found I would go, what do I feel like right now? Ooh, I feel like a Let's Talk Apple. Let's see if there is one. Okay. Well, okay. You know, you can reorganize within the playlist. So you're... you're 
So I do that all the time. Like I'll go scroll through the list of what's upcoming and promote the stuff I'm, I'm in the mood for to the top of the list. Yeah, I think I think your use case is different than mine. Like I know a lot of yours is while you're cycling, you're not going to stop and go in and move something, go get a different one while you're while you're cycling. You no, have to have it no. pre-sorted. But when yeah. I'm running, I'm looking for any excuse to stop and look at my phone. So. Oh, okay, right. Yeah, that's very different use case, all right. Because my phone is going to be out of my physical reach probably in one of the back pockets of my cycling jersey, um, perhaps right. under or, a waterproof. Or, Right. Or I'm, uh, I pick something long enough, you know, like if it's a long enough run, I'm going to go, well, I guess I'm going to have to use a Leo show for this one, you know, because <laughs> I'm guaranteed to have two thirds of it left when I get back from a four mile run. Okay. Well, I usually do two hour cycles in the evening. So I will have, or I will have looked at my, the top of my exercising playlist and made sure that the top two and a half hours worth of content are to my taste. Yeah, yeah, what you're in the mood for then. Yeah, yeah so that may, that makes sense to do it in playlists. When I'm yeah. doing a long drive by myself, if, I, if, I, if I'm doing that, like when I used to mm-hmm. go see my mom, I would definitely set up playlists for that because I can't be fooling with the phone while I'm driving. No, 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 no. That would, indeed, that would be a terrible idea. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, so basically I have – so podcasts I don't want to miss a single episode of. They're just subscribed into that exercising playlist. And then the ones I don't want to let build up are made priority within that playlist. Okay. And then I have another playlist that I don't actually listen to, but it serves a really important purpose. It's called Dip In and Out. And it's a playlist where I subscribe all of the podcasts that I am not going to be a completist about. And this is this is a new, <laughs> this is a whole new way of thinking about life for me. Because I, personality type wise, I am a completist. I am a hoarder. I am a collector. I want, I listen to every single Security Now when I discovered the podcast. And they were like at episode 400 or something. <laughs> I went back and I listened to them all. Um, wow. And that ruled out lots of podcasts from my consideration. Um, but anyway, so I've, I've gone over that. So now I have a playlist called Dip In and Out. And I subscribe to the ones in there that I don't want to be a completist about. And I have them configured to only keep the most recent five episodes. And so if my exercise playlist is running low, or if I'm just in the mood for something else, I will pop into Dip In and Out, find something interesting and move it to the exercising playlist. Hmm. Then drag it to where I want it in the exercising playlist and go cycle. Okay. So the dip in and out is never played, but it's where I know I can find misc filler. So how do you get it? So you can drag, like I said, I haven't used playlists in a while. You can drag from dip in and out into exercising? Just click on the podcast and on the playlists. So the, it looks like a hamburger icon, but it's a playlist icon. Just click on it and say add to exercising. So you have to find it in dip in and out. Right, and but I'm triaging go... and dip in and out, right? I'm... The whole point is I go in there and I look for something interesting. So I'm I'm literally, I've clicked on the I button. I'm actually reading what's okay. interesting, right? So, I mean, I have okay. a podcast I have found that that is interesting. So the menus, the icons are all there. So I just click the icon for playlist and say add to exercising. So couldn't dip in and out just be the stuff that's not in a playlist? No, because there's another playlist called Current Series which is where I keep the one epic, uber, massive, long series I'm currently listening to, and I always have one on the go. And that's usually my for end of the week when I'm just not in the mood for anything that involves current affairs or anything in any way, vague, shape, size, or form related to now. 
Uh, I will go into current series and pick like five episodes in a row and shove them into exercising and then listen to like, you know, five hours of the history of Egypt or something. Okay. Huh. So, so and I, the series could be, uh, those tend to be podcasts that are not, that those are evergreen podcasts? Those are evergreen, and those are the kind of evergreen where you're like, oh my god, heck, we, we think it's impressive that we're on episode 70-something of Programming by Stealth. We have nothing on some of these evergreen podcasts. Hmm. Like, the history of Rome went to like 120 episodes. Okay. And so they take months. Like, I go through, some of these take me a year to go through. But I don't wow. care because it's like a book, right? I'll read a few chapters and then I'll get back to it next weekend. Usually I end up doing it on Saturday and Sunday. I'll, I'll sort of in the evening, you know, when I'm back from exercise, I'll go, yeah, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll go listen to a bit of History of Egypt is my current one. Actually, no, I finished that one three weeks ago. I'm now on the History of the English Language, which is fascinating. Ooh. Absolutely fascinating. Um, yeah. And then the other thing is I'll often subscri- I'll often have podcasts in Overcast that I am going to have later. So they're future material for current series. So they're they in just, there. They just idle in the regular un- unsorted list? Yep. They're just sitting there waiting for me to get to them. So they're not in any playlist. Hmm. They're just waiting there for me. So that's why I'm completely addicted to playlists. And the nice thing is playlists go at the very top. So I almost never right. scroll below playlists. Anyway, yeah, that's how I've ended up working. But what that's opened up to me now is the fact that I don't have to be a completist anymore. Or rather, I've gotten over myself and I don't have to be a completist anymore. <laughs> so there's now loads of podcasts and loads of different sort of genres that I would never have listened to before. Um, and so when I was trying to write these up, so these are sort of vaguely in... most For most, you have decided not to group stuff by topic, but to group it by structure of show. Because I figure different listeners have different ways of listening. And so maybe if I group them by how the show is released, it might be of interest to people differently. But then at the end, I sort of gave up and went back to grouping by topic. Uh, But anyway, so the first thing is just the Dip In and Out podcasts are the ones that are really new to me because I just never considered listening like that to just be subscribed. And like the river analogy you use for Twitter is now how I treat these podcasts. Okay. Stick my head in and find something interesting. So the first one is Fresh Air from NPR. And Terry Gross is an NPR veteran, I would say. Um, And I would say she is the best interviewer with a mic in front of her. She is... I mean, other than me, of course. Sorry. Yes. How could I have overlooked that? I am so terribly sorry. (laughs) Like, she is amazing. And she gets to interview some of the most amazing people because she's been at this for quite some time. And... The range of her guests is staggering, which means that I can promise you there is not a single human being who is interested in every interview on Fresh Air. But I can also promise you there's not a single human being who isn't interested in some of them. So that's perfect Hmm. dip in and out material. Right, right. And what they often do when someone passes away, because Terry Gross has been doing this for so long, you get an hour long special about you know, some artist who's just died with an interview from the 70s, one from the 80s, one from the 90s, and the most recent one. Just Oh, that's interesting. And that can be really fascinating. And then in between, you'll have Terry, present-day Terry, putting it all into context and explaining the flow of this person's career and then dipping in and out. Like, it's okay, it's NPR. It's extremely well-produced. Um, uh, as a foreigner, I look at NPR as your BBC. It's like top-quality audio mm-hmm. content. 
Right. The next one, then, I think you, Alison, will love. Recode Decode, now part of the Vox Network, with a fiery interviewstress, Kara Swisher. This is her new home now that she's not with with Walt anymore. I've met her. She knows who I am. Oh, cool. I imagine she's great for a bunch of all things D. Uh, Yeah. Yeah, she is. Um, If you don't mind, I'm going to interject a quick uh, note. She was interviewing, she and Walt were interviewing Mark Zuckerberg when the the great sweatshirt sweaty incident happened. Indeed. So he was kind of under the gun for a bunch of stuff. And he was about 12 when this happened. And he was, he was literally disintegrating on stage. I mean, he was, he was sweat pouring down his face and she tried to convince him to take off his sweatshirt. And, and she suddenly turned from the fiery, aggressive, you know, really attack, get the story person to being like, almost like a mom. Like she, she got very gentle with him and and was like, here, come on, sweetie, let's take off your jacket. And I asked her I, afterwards, I said, why didn't you go in for the kill? And she said, because that would have just made me look mean. <laughs> and like, she's right. Huh. Yeah, oh, yeah, she is. It's not how I would have handled it. I would have slit his throat at that point because he was vulnerable. <laughs> so well, see, the thing I is, learn from everybody. he was foolish enough to come on to Rico Decode. And he wasn't oh, all sweaty. Him alive there? Well... She was just frank and honest. See, I would never see. I don't think I've ever heard her be mean spirited. I've heard her be no. very direct, and I've heard her mm-hmm. ask the question that we all want asked, and I've heard her yeah. like she cuts through bullpucky like no one mm-hmm. else. You cannot give her a BS answer because she won't take it. She'll tell you right, that it's right. horse poop. Yeah, yeah. And That's a really good description of her. I like that. Yeah, so I, I, she's not mean-spirited, and I wouldn't even say she's rude. What she is is frank and direct with a zero tolerance for waffle BS, etc. And I love that mm. because when she has politicians on, she just slices through the, the you know, just gets at the core the of the crap. issue. <laughs> yeah. And she generally, now, it's not that she only interviews women CEOs and stuff, but it's always people involved with tech. That's That's the field. And it's she very much biases her show towards women in tech. And given how the entire industry is biased the other way, that's a wonderful breath of fresh air, if you'll excuse the pun with the previous podcast. <laughs> um, and to, I have been fascinated by her guests many, many times. And her, I really like her style. And I think you know, she just strikes me as someone you'd enjoy listening to. Yeah, yeah. Subscribing now. Excellent. Uh, the next one then is the Ezra Klein show, also from Vox. Um, this is one for civic storks, right? If if you're like me and you think of governments as being mechanical devices where there are mechanisms and levers and this is connected to this and that's connected to that, when you pull on this, this thing over here happens, you're going to love this show. If that sounds like the most boring thing on the planet, move along. Now, Ezra's very good. I don't even good. understand what you, what you mean. What is policy and civic dork levers? I don't okay, know so mean. how does trade policy work? What are the, you know, who, what are the institutions? What are the people? What powers do they have? What can Congress ah. do versus what can, right? How does policy hmm. happen? You know, constitutionally, what is the process for getting someone onto the Supreme Court? What is the process for you know, getting a new housing policy. How does the interest rate get set by the Fed? Why would the Fed set a certain interest rate? What's, you know, what does the economics say should be the interest rate? Well, you know, it's... 
imagine Bill Clinton when there's no one around doing what he wants, right? It's nerdery, but it's nerdery about policy and the mechanics of government, not nerdery about IT. (laughs) Okay, okay, interesting. Um, Probably not my cup of tea, but uh, I can see how people would like it. Yeah, it's completely, totally and only my cup of tea, which is why I love it. But I entirely know that this is a real Marmite podcast. People will either find it the most boring, stupefying (laughs) thing ever. And they're usually two hour episodes, by the way. You just called it a Marmite podcast. (laughs) I did. Yes. I'm hoping that's an analogy that works for at least some of our listeners. Oh, that's awesome. Um, the next one then is much more, I think, much more broad appeal. The TED Radio Hour. So we all know the TED conference are these little 15, 20 minute presentations and they work best in video. So you can get the TED, there's a thing called the the daily TED something or other. I have it further down my list. And it's a random TED talk every day as a podcast. But a lot of the times it's very unsatisfying because it refers to, as you can see here in this diagram, and you're going, nope, I can't see that. <laughs> right. The TED Radio Hour is not like that, because it's by NPR. So they have a bunch of producers working on hour-long thematic shows, which use segments of TED interviews as one of the source materials, and interviews with the TED speakers as the rest, and then a narrator to tie it all into a cohesive beginning, middle, and end. So it's TED information designed to be listened to as an hour-long radio show, not as... So packaged correctly instead of a, a half, half-baked half version. Exactly. Yeah. That is it, exactly. And so they're, they're, they, they're, not, they're not released very often, and they will very often... They're the kind of podcast that they'll release something into the stream every week, but it could be a replay. So it'll say at the end of the description, you know, first broadcast in 20-whatever. So you don't get to listen to them often, and the topic just may not interest you at all, because they're always going to be built around a theme. So today's one was great, actually. It was all about space, which, yeah, okay, I listened to that one. <laughs> sure, yeah, yeah. Um, and I, I, was I kind have of... noticed that t- TED Talks are either amazing or I hate them. Yep. They, they go, they, I, there are very few that I just kind of go, well, that was all right. I yeah, either you're... walk around telling everybody what I just learned that day, or I march around being angry that I wasted 10 minutes of my time listening to that fool. Yeah. <laughs> I, I would agree with that. She again, Marmite. Yeah. But this one from episode to episode, Marmite. Yes. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and so again, because they're thematic, I dip in and out of these. Because if the theme just doesn't interest me, I move along. But if the theme is interesting, then I will, I thoroughly, thoroughly enjoy them because they're extremely high production quality, the TED Radio Air. Extremely cool. high. Then the, ne- the last one I have on my dip in and out that I'm going to draw your attention to is Library Talks from the New York Public Libraries. Hmm. It's interviews with people to do with books. It could be authors, sure. it could be editors, it could be reviewers, whatever it is, there's going to be some sort of a link to libraries or books. And their back catalogue is amazing. A lot of it is very evergreen. Um, Just springing to mind, there's a reading of A Christmas Carol from the original prompt notebook used by Dickens himself, read by Neil Gaiman, would be a highlight in the back catalogue. The interviews with Salman Rushdie would be highlights in the back catalogue. 
uh, unfortunately, they seem to be on hiatus at the moment because there hasn't been a new episode in ages. I'm hoping it's just for the summer and they'll be back in September, but it's been ages since they popped into my feed. Um, hmm. Again, they can be very hit and miss because if it's an author talking about a genre of book you genuinely couldn't care less about, if you tried, you're going to get nothing out of it. And if it's an author or a person who you find fascinating, you're going to absolutely love it. So, you know, a real dip in and out sort of podcast. Pick and choose, right? Yeah. I never had that completist problem. Good. I've in, in fact, it, it's one of the things I love about podcasting is that I don't feel guilty. You know, even some of my favorite shows, I get two thirds of the way in and the next one came in and I'm like, all right, moving on. Well, I'm now like that and I am so much better for it. So I've gotten to where you are, but it took me some real work because my personality type is completely not that. I thought Steve was the only one who'd ever done that. He started the uh, on the, the Miko podcast, Main Engine Cutoff. It's all about rockets and stuff, what's going Ooh. on in in science today in, in with all the different companies between, uh, you know, SpaceX and Blue Origin and NASA and who's doing what. It's And he, he immediately went back and listened to two years worth of episodes first before he then said, OK, now the guy's worthy of getting my patronage. <laughs> wow. Cool. Yeah. Okay. So the next big group are what I call standalone series. And these come in different shapes and sizes. But they what they have in common is that they have a distinct beginning, middle, and end. Slightly like Taming the Terminal, only that one hasn't got an end. Um, <laughs> but what they all have in common is they're all timeless. Which means that they, while you can listen to them once and then ignore them for two or three years, you can go back and re-listen, like a book. They're almost like books delivered in series, you know, as one chapter at a time instead of being a podcast in the traditional sense. Um, and some of them are quite short. Um, in terms of some short ones I've enjoyed recently, uh, Rachel Maddow did a short one for MSNBC uh, called Bagman, and oh, so good, wasn't it? So that was amazing. Yeah, I knew about Nixon. Who doesn't know about Nixon, right? But Nixon lost a vice president shortly before he had to resign himself. And that was a big deal because people were kind of worried, what if we end up having to lose both of them at the same time? Um, I, I was alive and maybe not a full on adult yet, but I didn't even make the connection in my head that how come when Nixon was thrown out that, that Agnew didn't take over? Because yeah, Agnew was already gone before they got rid of before Nixon resigned. Yeah, so in some regards, Nixon and, got to pick why. a successor, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it it is a fascinating story of a spectacular level of corruption and the the decisions that people had to make and did make the really mm. hard decisions to make the right thing happen. Um, boy, it was it was inspiring. Yeah. And what's great is a lot of the, the actual prosecutors were interviewed. They're still alive. And the journalists covering it and the lawyers representing Agnew. So these are people who are completely at each other's throat now together on a podcast talking about it very cordially, given that they were actually like, you know, enemies. It, ooh, it was yeah. fascinating. Yeah, the, the decisions were, you know, you're, you're hoping people would make those hard decisions today. Yes, exactly. Exactly. Uh, the next one I know I have already plugged, but I'm going to plug it again. 13 Minutes to the Moon from the BBC. It's the story of Apollo 11 
told through the tape of that nail-biting 13-minute descent from lunar orbit down to this lunar surface. It's like the first episode had me hooked, and by the last episode, I was still hooked. Uh, it, it literally <laughs> it's one of the few. One. It made the hair on the back of my neck stand up when we heard. So they start off playing the tape, and they end up playing the tape. But because of what's happened on the journey, when you hear the tape the last time, it really gets you. Like the hair was standing up on the back of my neck. It was amazing. You know, it's oh yes, great podcast. Um. The next one I have then is called Drawn. It is the history of animation. Mm. It is so oh. much more interesting than I thought. Like, yeah, you're, I mean, who would do something that's clearly visual, do it in, uh, in yeah. text, or in, in audio, Bart? That's crazy pants. Isn't it just? Yeah, no, it, I, I learned so much from that podcast and thoroughly enjoyed it. Again, it's a nice short standalone series. And then another mm. one I recently enjoyed from Wondery is called Inside Star Wars. And it's basically the story of the making of Star Wars and the people, the story of the human beings who came together to make Star Wars happen. It's hmm. actually I thought everything that was ever going to be said about Star Wars had been said. Yeah, but the thing is, it's not really about Star Wars. It's about the people who made Star Wars, which is a subtle yeah. level of indirection okay. that makes it new to me. Okay, cool. So these are all short. Series also come sort of normal length, let's say. Less than 100 episodes, more than 10. So in that sort of size range, some of them I will I have thoroughly enjoyed would be Elements from the BBC World Service. It is a deep dive into the periodic table, but they actually appeared as segments on a business radio show on the BBC World Service. Which means that, yes, huh. they're about the science and you get to understand the element and where it comes from and, you know, how how we get it out of the ground and what we do with it and all the science. But also, what does it actually get to do in the practical life and how does it impact our economy and our day-to-day lives? Which is not something you of, always get. Of each element? Yeah. Yeah, sometimes they group oh. up. Like, some of them are grouped sure. into a single episode, like, you know, because there's just... There's some of the elements are just not that used in the real world because we have like four atoms of them have discovered or whatever. Right, right. Um, and some of them, like I think Carbon got four episodes. Yeah, I was going to say Carbon. Carbon's a big player. Yeah. A big, big star, big, big star. <laughs> it was, I, I really enjoyed it though. And it was a point of view, it's sort of like planet money meets science. Very, very, very wow. interesting. Who would have thought? It, 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 that illustrates what I love about podcasting. There is a podcast about absolutely everything. Right? Yes. Yes, there is. <laughs> now, so one of the things with Elements is they very much varied the amount of coverage each element got, depending on how interesting it was. My next recommendation is interesting because they made a point of not doing that. And ironically, that's what makes the next one brilliant. It's called Presidential and is from the Washington Post. One episode for every president of the United States and they no all get no matter how get, boring the president hmm? no matter how boring the president was <laughs> yes but the thing is i actually found the best episodes of this podcast were the ones about the presidents i'd never heard of yeah like i've heard lincoln's story enough it was interesting <laughs> to right compressing lincoln into an hour was actually fascinating because it forces you to really boil lincoln down to his true essence 
which mm-hmm. is interesting in its own way because he's not allowed any more time than anyone else. But okay. You know, actually getting to know Coolridge and these other guys we hardly ever know about. Garfield, who I thought was a cat. Apparently he was a president. <laughs> um, you know, it, it was actually really interesting to... Um, huh. and actually, the other thing I love, it's a, it's a very subtle touch. But their theme tune retains the same melody, but its instrumentation shifts very slowly and very subtly as they move through history. Oh, it's, oh, that's odd. It's beautifully done. So it starts off, huh. you know, like something you'd expect from the Civil War, you know, the Civil War, the War of Independence era, you know, your fife and drum stuff. And by mm. the end, it's electric guitars and things. But it's the oh, same wow. tune. So, so I might even have noticed that the tune was changing. Well, no, see, it's everything except the, the, the tune. The tune was the same, right. Yeah, it's everything except huh. the tune changed. And it was, it, it didn't happen in like really obvious big changes. It's just if you listen to the first episode and the last episode, it's like, holy they stuck that one up on me a bit. You know, I, I really love that. In fact, Presidential was such a success, they did it again the next year and released Constitutional, a walk through the US Constitution, article by article, amendment by amendment. And again, they all got oh the same gosh. billing as each other. Oh, wow. That'd probably be really good for me. It's enjoyable too, though? Yes, extremely well produced, extremely well told and definitely not boring. Like, really well done. Very high, very high. Like, the Washington Post, they're not amateurs. This this is top quality stuff. This is a case of where you, I'm, I'm going to take you on your advice because you never lie to me and I'm going to give it a shot. But you're also fighting against my innate belief that all history is boring and cannot be possibly made interesting because it wasn't interesting in high school. I think this should beat your high school experience. <laughs> it, it's it's not too hard. I saw a worm on the sidewalk this after this morning that was a bit more interesting than my high school uh, history class. Has your grasp been growing? Was that more interesting? <laughs> Slightly. Yeah. Now the next one I have recommended before, but I'm going to recommend it again because it's now its name is now meaningless because it's in a second season. Fifty things that made the modern economy. It is the story about the little things that matter oh so oh so very much that you only matter well no they always matter and until someone points them to you and makes you think about it you don't realize how much they matter like the harbor bosch process for fixing nitrogen doesn't sound important except for the fact that without it we'd all be dead because we wouldn't be able to eat fertilizer we wouldn't be oh Hmm. planet earth could not support the amount of us that there are here without the harbor bosch process really yeah, now the fact that he was a war criminal, he went on to invent gas to murder people is fascinating oh, too. Oh yeah, the, 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 it, fascinating. Um, yeah, fascinating is definitely the word for it. In a horrific kind of a way. Yeah, okay. so 50 things. I mean, some of them are like the shipping container, but our economy wouldn't oh, work the, without the shipping container. The shipping container is a big deal. Yeah. yeah. I read an article in the actually in the newspaper once about how important shipping containers are to everyday life. Yep. I had no appreciation for them before. The spreadsheet gets a special episode all to itself. Oh, well, as really only one episode. Yeah, yeah, everything's just one episode, Alison, sorry. They're also quite short, actually. They're 10, 15-minute episodes, which is nice. So they're really bite-sized. And so the first season was a whopping success, 50 things. And so now they're on season two. So they're not finished season two yet. I think we're 30 episodes in. So it's now 50 things, but there's 80 of them. And very short, in the next couple of months, there'll be 100 of them. But really good. Wow, And then the last one I have here is also from the BBC, and this is 
another look at history in a very unusual way. So this one's quite old, but it doesn't matter because it's evergreen. Um, at the time, the host was the director of the British Museum, which is sort of our the British version of the Smithsonian. Like it's, it is the museum. It's like the British Museum. <laughs> that's its official name, but that's also sort of it's like the Museum of Britain. So he was director of the museum at the time, and he decided to tell the history of mankind by going through hit the collections of the British Museum, picking one hundred objects. And using those to represent places and times and tell the story. Oh, that's an interesting way to do it. It is a fascinating. And he makes, in in the introductory episode, he makes a very important point. He named the show A History of the World, not The History of the World. A History of the World. And he says, anyone who calls it The is wrong because it's impossible to have a definitive history. It's always someone's point of view. It's always someone's biases. This is mine. <laughs> and I immediately liked him for that. Right, right. For not, not overly... Yeah. Now, he's very British. Like He has a very British accent. And a little bit of a sort of paternalistic imperialism sneaks in from time to time. It's like, oh, really? You have a whole bunch of Egyptian stuff in your museum in London. How did that get there? But anyway, we'll, we'll leave wow. that aside. Slight bit of colonialism there. Uh, <laughs> and then the other thing that's, I don't know if this is just new to me or if this is a new pattern in podcasting, but it's a series of miniseries. It's it's like, yeah, it's a, it's a podcast whose format is we have four episodes about this. And then we completely change topic and have four episodes about that. And then we completely change topics and have four episodes about something else. And that's real dip in and dip out material in a way, because when the miniseries is something that floats your boat, then you're, you're hooked for a few weeks. Yeah. And then you're not anymore. Yeah. Yeah. Which is fine. Um, and I'm trying to remember the name of one that I did listen to. Each season was a miniseries of its own. That I is actually becoming an called. approach too. Yeah, uh, Command Line Heroes works like that. Yeah, did I recommend Command Line Heroes to you? Uh, only after or I'd already we... enjoyed the first two and a half seasons. Okay, but I did find it. You but did I, find actually, it, and I you pro- tweeted about it recently, I believe. Yeah, if I, I would imagine I probably got it from Geeko Supremo, though. Yeah, they did JavaScript a week or two ago. Yeah, that one was really good. Yeah, yeah actually, you commented on the fact that it was basically invented over a weekend. Yeah, uh, 11 days, something like that. Yeah, like a, a stupendously short amount of time to write a language. Like yeah, so that one's in your list here, Command Line Heroes. It is, It's yeah. put on by Red Hat, which is interesting. Yeah. So, but it's not in your face about you should buy Red Hat or anything. It's not, which is nice. What it does give yeah. them is interviews with people who do this stuff with the coalface because Red Hat are open source. So right, where right. would you find a bunch of programmer geeks? Oh, I know, in Red Hat. That's kind of fascinating. Yeah. yeah. Um, so most of these are very, very structured. But there's one ex- exception to that is is a podcast called Imaginary Worlds, which sort of drifts from topic to topic is the best way I can describe it. Um, he sort of lets his imagination take his show wherever it goes. And so sometimes that means you spend like five weeks talking about Doctor Who. And then there might be one single show about like animation. And then there might be six shows about Star Trek. And then, I mean, it just wanders. And so they do tend to come in miniseries, but they're not particularly well-defined. But nonetheless, an absolutely fascinating show. It's called Imaginary Worlds. 
And it's basically about the universes we invent. It's about fictional worlds and the creation of those fictional worlds. And sometimes that involves interviewing people who write computer games, sometimes people who do sound effects, sometimes people who make movies, people who write scripts, people who write books. I mean, our imagination is expressed in a million and one ways, and this podcast will pretty much cover all of them at some stage. There is a more of a bias towards sci-fi than other imagined worlds, but it's not purely sci-fi by any means. It's hard to describe. What but, an odd format, yeah. Yeah. They have some really good episodes on, on Star Trek, which is how I got hooked. And then when I discovered the Star Trek episodes, I started going back to the back catalogue, and then I just subscribed. I was like, okay, no, I'm listening to all of these. <laughs> these are really good. Have you done Completist? I completed that one, actually, because I, I wasn't planning to, but literally 100% of episodes I listened to were amazing. And I was like, well, okay, I, this, this chap has earned you know, a Completist approach. And I'm glad I did, because <laughs> like he covered topics I would never have chosen. If I had been Incompletist, I would not have chosen to listen to a podcast about wrestling. <laughs> but that is an imaginary right? world. Those oh. characters are made up, scripted even. Oh, okay. Oh, you mean like the world wrestling WWE, kind yeah. of stuff? Yeah. I, I was not my cup of tea at all, WWE. But actually, they're amazing works of fiction with these massive story arcs and these characters who people put so much effort into. <laughs> uh, the Undertaker... Wow, I was blown away by how interesting it was and how artistic and how creative. I just thought it was a bunch of guys pretending to beat the snot out of each other. <laughs> Which it is, but it's also more. So I didn't I would never have guessed I'd find that interesting, but it was really good. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, the more structured ones that I love. My favorite 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 is American Innovations. These are usually 3 to 5 episodes per topic. And they are built, they are the story of something world-changing that Americans invented. Uh, the story of flight was amazing. I knew about the Wright brothers. I didn't know about all their competition at the time. And I think how you turned us on to this one before, because I would not have that in my feed if you hadn't uh, told me about it, I think. I tweeted about yep. it a lot, because I didn't realize the Wright brothers were, like, nasty so-and-sos. Abusing yeah, the yeah, patent there system. There seems to be some question of who invented things and such and uh, different yeah. perspectives on that. Yeah, I, I really liked that that part of it. Yeah. Uh, one I got into quite recently, well, I only got into it recently because it only exists recently, I guess. Mythology from the Parcast Network. Like, most of our movies, even if they're not, like, obviously Thor is overtly from mythology, right? But most of our stuff isn't mm -hmm. overtly from mythology. But the tropes have been with us for millennia, and they come from the myths of our ancient civilizations. And mythology tells those stories as sort of audio dramas, like they have actors playing the different characters. They're like little audio hmm. dramas, telling you the story of the Iliad or the story of, you know, Norse mythology, Egyptian mythology. They have been from all over the world, like all sorts of places I would never have dreamt of. And I don't know if you Irish myths recently, which is kind of cool. Uh, so... I'm I'm a little tangled on the word myths versus mythology because those aren't necessarily the same thing. So this is I mean, a myth is that uh, you know Velcro was invented for NASA. Okay, no, so this is mythology. So mythology okay. is your ancient stories. 
So the okay. Greek mythology would be the Iliad, the Odyssey, those kind of things. Irish mythology, we have the Tawn, we have uh, the Salmon of Knowledge. Uh, so t- what does the word myths mean in that context? A mythology is a story which may or may not no, have... I know a- what a mythology is. What's a myth? Because you say ancient myths. Is that the... the, the- Oh, uh, okay. Retype up, changing the type of or... mythology. Well, no. So a myth oh, okay. is what makes up a mythology, right? A mythology is a collection of myths. So, okay, okay, okay. it's a collection. Okay, got you. Yeah. So the Irish mythology contains the myth of Cúchulainn and the myth of the Tawn and the myth of. Yes. Anyway, hmm. they're okay. they're little, they're nice little pieces. So they're little bite sized chunks, and they hop around from culture to culture. So it's not like that you're spending a year in Egypt. It's like you get one of Egypt, and then we had we had uh, ancient Babylonia. That was fascinating, and then we popped over to Ireland for a bit, and then we went to visit some Vikings. And I think we've been in the Amazon, hmm. and we've been all over the place. It's it's really kind of fun, and they're just little. Wow, I didn't know they all had myths. Yeah. So then we get to Command Line Heroes. So this is an example of what you were talking about, where every season has a theme. And the current season of Command Line Heroes is about programming languages. So every episode is about a different programming language. We've had COBOL, Perl, JavaScript so far. Um, and it's not finished yet, so we have more fun stuff to come. And then the last one I'm going to recommend is called Primetime. It's from Vox. And this is a series of series in the making, but it's very new. So it currently has one. Um, but season two is coming and it will be a whole new topic to season one. But season one's topic was the complex two-way relationship between the US presidency and television. The presidency shapes television and television shapes the presidency. And, oh, interesting. You know, the, I mean, the I obviously that's the inspiration... going to change to Twitter changes the presidency after this. I don't know. I Yeah. <laughs> That's actually well, that's actually kind of the hook, is the question is sort of asked, have we reached the end of the television presidency? The start of the television pre- presidency is quite clearly Kennedy. Oh, right, so I Ken- thought it was Nixon, because they said Nixon actually lost one election because yes. it was televised. Okay, same story. Who did he lose to? Oh, he lost to, to Kennedy. He okay. lost to Kennedy, right? right? So it's exactly the same anecdote. The people listening on the radio thought Nixon wiped the floor with Kennedy. And the people watching on television thought Kennedy wiped the floor with Nixon. Interesting. Yeah. And Kennedy knew how to mug a camera like. So this this podcast talks about how television has shaped the presidencies over time? Yes, and how the presidents have <laughs> shaped television. Hmm. Because... The presidency in fiction on television, like the West Wing and stuff, is equally as fascinating a story as the opposite way around. (laughs) Right, right. And it really bookends it from Kennedy to Trump, basically saying that Trump is probably the last television president, if he even is a television president, and Kennedy was the first television president, for sure. So the era of television presidents is probably now over. It's fascinating. Yeah, yeah. And then the last kind of these are what I call epic mega series. These are huge. They will take you a year to listen to. These are massive, but they're wonderful for it. Um, the history of Rome decided to try tell the entire story of the millennium long Roman Empire. Literally from the legend of Remus and Romulus, which is basically mythology, right through to the fall of the Western Empire. It covers all of it, in excruciating detail. Every name you've heard features. 
you get to meet them all in order and what they did. Like, I had no idea Rome was... We think of the Roman Empire, but that's like after the Roman Republic. There's so much more going on. It it was wonderful. That's a commitment to go into that one. It absolutely is. Maybe a smaller commitment, but not by that much. The Fall of Rome. (laughs) Oh, that's a separate one? That's a separate podcast, but a whole different podcast network and a whole different podcaster, actually. Um, But it looks at basically how it all came unstuck, right? I mean, the Roman Empire ruled the known world for a millennium, but it all came undone. How? How do you undo something so well established? And the obvious question is the Western world. Are we in our final phase? Are we? Yeah, see, I don't, I, I don't want to listen to that. I don't want to, Bert. I don't want to learn about that. <laughs> it's too scary. Well, the strange thing is, Rome didn't I think didn't about really, that all the time. I, I, I may spoil the end slightly, but Rome never really fell. Ah, whew. okay. And no one now. at the time would have thought anything had, hap- anything had happened. There was no... Ooh. So when you look back at the 20,000 foot view, you can sort of see a vague, you can see a change. But there's no one who woke up one morning and went, oh, sugar, Rome's over. Finished yesterday. <laughs> Never happened. It just fizzled slowly over mm. lifetimes, not dramatically in an afternoon, which is actually quite reassuring. I guess so. And the okay. Eastern Roman Empire continued until the 1200s. We wow. call it Byzantium, but the thing is, they call themselves Romans. They never call themselves so Byzantium. A- so after learning the entire history of Rome, you had the energy to then go learn about the fall of Rome? That wasn't included in the history of Rome? No, it's a completely different podcast by a different, completely different person. The history of Rome no, was no, so no. fascinating that I decided no, I I'm wanted... Asking, did the history of Rome include the fall of Rome? Yes, absolutely. But of course, for the history of oh, Rome... Okay. The fall of Rome was like, you know, 10 episodes. Whereas for the fall of Rome, the fall of Rome was like 100 episodes. Wow. You have a lot of energy to learn stuff, Bart. Okay, but <laughs> this is these mega series are probably five years worth of listening in these four bullet points. Wow. So the history of English is what I'm listening to at the moment. I have made well, it as far fun. as um, we have different types of Proto-Indo-European. So we haven't we haven't even got Ang- we no. haven't even got Anglo-Saxon yet, let alone English. And we're as far as I've gotten with this story. But I'm already fascinated, and like we're still in like the language before the language before the language before English. So anyway, it's really good. And then one I started listening to, on the assumption I would I would basically it wasn't finished when I started listening, but I sort of figured by the time I get to the end, it'll be done. Well, it turns out it was way more interesting than I gave it credit for, and I raced through it and. I've caught up. Oh. And we're only as far as Akhenaten and Nefertiti. <laughs> it's the history of Egypt. And we're basically halfway through and I'm caught up, which means I now have years of one episode a week. That's going to kill you, huh? It is, because I was binging so like, them. So you like the binging, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and then the next segment I thought is the exact opposite, right? So epic mega series of hundreds of episodes. What's the exact opposite? Regular shows that are really short. So I, I, I didn't bother putting Mac OS Ken in here because we all know Mac OS Ken, but that's the kind of podcast I mean. One of my current favorites is This Day in History Class. Some history happened on every date on the calendar, and there's just a little eight-minute show every day about something that happened on that date sometime in the past. 
So oh, that's neat. It's a bite-sized nibble of something interesting every day, and it's really varied because that's how history works. And <laughs> uh, the next one I always listen to every day that it comes out, it's, it's mostly daily, not always, is Vector by Rene Ritchie from iMore. And uh, it's basically usually eight or ten minutes of Rene giving us his insights into something Apple-related that made him happy, cranky, interested, confused. Generally speaking, he's very passionate, but he's always really well-informed and very well-reasoned and insightful, even if he's cranky. Um, Yeah, and his level of cranky uh, when it comes to Apple is always very forgiving of Apple. I mean, when he is like out of his mind enraged, he'll still be slightly complimentary, I think. He doesn't... um, He doesn't go off the deep end. He makes me look like not as much of a fangirl as I am. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it it makes me look highly critical, I would say. I I think... uh, And to some extent that bothers me. I wanted to be a little more critical, you know, a little more willing to say that's a bad apple. Yeah, I I like listening to him because generally speaking, if there's clickbait, he sees clean through it. Oh, sure, sure. And as far as informed, absolutely, absolutely. There was a a really, really interesting discussion between him and uh, Leo on MacBreak this week where they were talking about what I'm sure we will talk about in security bits about the Google's uh, zero day yes. that they found about about uh, Apple. And he had some very good information about it. But but he talked about uh, how the Google didn't ever mention that this actually affected Windows and Android. And Leo's like, oh, really? And he starts looking at the source. Leo dug into the source that that uh Rene had had posted and he said, well, you know, it turns out I'm not finding anybody else who has said that. And then he kept researching while they were talking and determined that while uh, exploits like that had happened on the other operating systems, they weren't this one. And so he they were it was a very reasoned discussion. But but uh, Rene was making it a little more. Oh, Google did something wrong than was actually true, I think, in the end. I actually okay. I I don't want to spoil tomorrow's show, but I actually agree with Rene. I think Google were grossly responsible to release that story without context. But anyway, that's tomorrow's show. That's tomorrow's show. Okay, okay, But that's what I mean about about Rene is he's a little a little over the top fanboy for me. Just my opinion. Okay. I like him. I basically, when there's something all clickbaity and everyone's losing their ever loving mind, I like to hear Rene's take because I'll at least get the facts and maybe I'll agree with yeah. them, and maybe I'll disagree with them, but at least yeah. I'll understand. Right, right. Yeah, he's definitely very fact based. Yeah. And the next one is The Indicator, which is a 10 minute show every weekday about something to do with the news or the economy of the moment from the people at Planet Money. Short, to the point, low, very low on jargon, designed to not be intimidating or scary, but very factual and to help you understand what makes the economy go. And we all kind of live in the economy. The next one I have is Grammar Girl's Quick and Dirty Tips for Better Writing. These are short little 10, 20 minute episodes. They're not daily, they're two or three a week. Um... But each one is actually made up of multiple segments. So it's only a 20-minute show and it's made up of multiple segments. So it's nice and short. You don't get distracted. And her style is extremely lighthearted. So she's talking about, like, really in-depth stuff, like, you know, whether you should use who or whom and all these kind of stuff. 
but she tells the story through characters she's made up called Squiggly and Ardvark. And <laughs> because they contain K's and Q's, they're inherently funny, as we learned in one of the episodes. And because it's done in such a lighthearted, friendly way, I learn a lot. I mean, you know, 80% of it falls back out, but 20% of it sticks. Right, right. So i big fan of Grammar Girl. The next one then Subscribed. is... You sold me on that one. Okay, cool. The next one then is is interesting. Aaron Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities. They're 10-minute episodes every weekday. And those 10-minute episodes are two stories from history that are strange, weird, unusual, sort of unexplainable things that make you go, huh? Or weird facts you didn't know about. And part of, part of it is they're always told in such a way that the punchline gives it, you know, he tries to withhold the answer until the very end. Like, you know... It's a dog or something like that. You know, he's telling the story about, you know, this member of the crew was doing this, that and the other. Oh, yeah. By the way, that I tell you he's a dog, you know, sort of. But uh, a lot of the fun is actually trying to see if you recognize the story before he gets to the end. Which I, I sort of take great fun in that because a lot of these weirdo things I kind of already know. And I'm like, oh, oh, oh he thinks he, he wants you to think it's the Titanic, but it's actually that ship that sank in Lake Erie or whatever. Um, yeah, oh, that's fun. But yeah, and they're completely like, some of them are ghost stories, some of them are like really factual and scientific, and it's wildly varying. What they all have in common is that they're curious, they're weird, and they're from history somewhere. That's kind of all they have in common. So I, kind of, I like them a lot. Alan Menke's Cabinet of Curiosities, really short snippets. I pop them in every day, actually, between, I listen to them every day between Mac OS Ken and This Day in History class. <laughs> that's where Aaron goes on my list anyway and the last one is TED Talks Daily which is in my case I actually only dip in an envelope but it is every day and it is short but like I say they're they're not as well suited to um, to the audio format as the TED Radio Hour which has been edited to be audio so they're a bit disappointing sometimes Aww. then the the next category I have is infrequent but high quality i adore these podcasts if they came out all the time i'd listen to them all the time but of course they wouldn't be as good if they came out all the time so some of these might only have like 10 episodes a year but they're amazing some of them are more than that but they're not you know they're not high volume they're very few and far between but each one is highly produced a lot of work clearly went into them so 20,000 hertz is one of my favorites. So if you don't get the the reference, that is the range of human hearing, 20,000 hertz. It's a podcast yeah. about sound, which huh. doesn't sound all that interesting. But actually, the stories are very often fascinating. The, what got me sucked in is one of the early episodes is entirely dedicated to the Windows chime. And how often really? in life have we heard the Windows chime? And that got me sucked in with my nerd brain. Someone tweeted about it, some some nerd, you know, and I got sucked into that. And then I started listening to all the other episodes, which were about things I would never have chosen to listen to otherwise. And it turns out they're all superb. So I am now a huge fan of 20,000 Hertz. And it's not hard to be a completist on this one <laughs> because there's so few of them. But they're all very good. It reminds me a lot of 99% Invisible, which I have pimped a million times, and so I won't pimp again. <laughs> How many podcasts do you listen to, Bart? I'm seeing a lot more still on this list. 
Uh, well, I listen. Okay, so I listen an hour in the morning when I'm walking to work. I listen an hour over lunch, and then I listen for two hours on the bike, and then I listen while cooking, and then I listen while cleaning up. So I listen to about wow. six hours a day. Wow. Okay. Does that explain? <laughs> <laughs> I guess so. Yeah. The next one then is the TED interview. So a third TED podcast, but it's completely different to all the others. This is new. Chris Anderson, the guy who's sort of in charge of TED, he picks his favorite TED speakers and does a sit-down hour-long interview with them. It is an hour-long conversation with people like, oh, say Bill Gates. Chris Anderson's the guy who started Wired, I think. That is entirely possible. I don't know what he did before being... To me, he's the TED guy, but... Yeah, I don't think he started TED. He might be big in TED now. No, no, I didn't say he started TED. I said he is the guy right, who runs TED. I'm just TED. saying. Yeah. Yeah. No, he's the head of TED now. Like, he is, he's Mr. TED now. But I know he didn't start it because he came into that job. He took over from someone else. Um, But yeah, he, he interviews some of the best TED alumni. And they're fascinating interviews. But there's they might like, be two different uh, Chris Andersons. <laughs> That'd be funny. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know if it's the same guy or not. Well, I'll keep looking while you keep going. Okay, so that's the end of my podcast by structure. So depending on how you listen, surely some of these will fit your, your way of listening. And I'm hoping I've tickled your fancy on some. But then I sort of broke down. I went, yeah, some of these I just want to mention by topic. So... I am going to very briefly jump on my soapbox here and say that as a citizen of planet Earth, it is our responsibility to stay informed, especially if one lives in a democracy, because in a democracy, we have a duty to vote and we'd better do so with our brains turned on. Okay, going to step off my soapbox now. (laughs) So I spend a lot of effort trying to make sure that I understand things before I form opinions. And to help me do that, I listen to some podcasts um, and... Top of my list, I guess, to keep me current is the Global News Podcast. It's two half-hour-long shows every weekday and one every weekend day. And it's two a day. Yeah, you don't have to listen to them. So the, the feed actually only ever contains one podcast. So it is perfectly fine on this one to just listen to, like, you know, one on a Tuesday when you get a chance. But there are two a day should you want to. Okay. So every 12 hours, you get a summing up of the news, not from an American point of view or from an Irish point of view or from a European point of view, but from a world point of view. So it's from the world service. And the great thing is that the voices you hear, the people who are telling you what's happening in South Africa are South Africans in South Africa who live there and who know what the bleeps are talking about. And so when there's a story about India, it's not some Irish guy trying to wrap his head around the caste system. It's an Indian in India telling you about India. And that is invaluable. So, okay. And what strikes me is how few of the news stories that make the global news make the Irish news I listen to at eight o'clock every morning on the radio. Disappointingly few. Although it does make me perk up every time they I hear Ireland mentioned in the global news, like say when we passed gay marriage by the first country to do so by public uh, by popular referendum, uh, that made world news. That was nice, and our divorce referendum made world news. But most of the time, we don't make world news. 
Although there was a few scandals where we discovered buried dead babies buried by the church that that made the world news too, and that was not so happy making. Hmm. Um, so I like that for keeping an eye to make sure I don't get too Ireland focused, Belgium focused, America focused, US Europe focused, too Western focused. It sort of helps me remember that the planet is a little bit bigger. <laughs> um, if that's too much like effort, and to be honest, an hour a day is a lot of effort. There's another approach. The World This Week, a half-hour weekly summary of the news from the point of view of the globe. That's probably more attainable. I might be able to make that commitment. Yeah. So The World This Week, it's basically by the same people who do the Global News Podcast, but sort of they take their best of and give you a 30-minute summary for the week. The next one I think you will love. It's called More or Less, and I've pimped it before. It's from BBC Radio 4. It's by a statistician. Basically, the news is always full of numbers. Or if it isn't the news, then it's social media. But these days, everything on social media gets on the news anyway, so there's no line between those two. But we always hear these things like, you know, of every breath you take, half of it came through the Amazon. <laughs> is that actually true? You know, you, you hear all of these statistics, and the question is, are they true? And more or less will give you the actual truth behind those numbers. And what you often find is that the number is actually wrong, but the sentiment is actually correct, is a really common oh, okay. trope I've discovered. So the point is... I think that's true of everything I say. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I might have the point right, but I get the numbers wrong. Yeah, so the Amazon is actually really important to planet Earth, but not for the hokey reasons you tend to hear in sound bites. The sound bites are wrong, but... The fact is, it really does matter that the Amazon's on fire. And you will now know why if you listen to their most recent episode. So, and they, they do it with anything that makes it into the news. Like, you know, it could be statistics on, well, you know, crime has gone up. And it's like, yes, that is technically true if you only look at last year's number. But if you graph it over 10 years, it's actually, you know, half of what it was five years ago or whatever. It's just that last year was a particular blip or whatever. It's, you know, it's more or less. It's yeah. It, it basically like it. takes like numbers it, yeah. and puts sense on them. Really good. The next one then is a definite dip in and dip out sort of show. Uh, it's called Hard Talk, and imagine Kara Swisher style interviewing in the sense that zero tolerance of you know animal excrement, and no question is out of bounds, and then Ooh. you talk to the people who really matter in the news, and then you have hard talk. And uh, it's interesting that a lot of times when they have American politicians on, they are you can almost tell that they're shocked that an interviewer would dare be so impertinent because they're used to softball interviews. Hard talk is hard talk, but it's never rude. It's extremely civilized. It's like a British guy who does it. It's very, very, very civilized, but he does not beat around the bush. And there are always people relevant to the news. So at the moment, there's a lot of interviewers... You know, the, the Irish foreign minister was interviewed recently enough because of Brexit, you know, that kind of thing. Uh, when Ireland was about to have its referendum on divorce, uh, there was uh, interviews with campaigners for that. Uh, you know, basically whatever's happening in the news, it could be people from anywhere in the world. Uh, there's, There's been, you know, yeah, American politicians, uh, South African politicians, Indian politicians, like, it could be from anywhere, but they're going to be related to what's currently in the news. And again, it's a dip in and out in the sense that no one is going to love every interview. 
But I promise you that if there's something happening in your part of the world, there's probably going to be an interview that's going to make you go, oh, I really want to know what he thinks or she thinks or oh, whatever. Neat. neat. And then the last one is called The Real Story. It is a deep dive into a single one topic. And so I promise you that every topic they dive into, they dive into it really well. But you're not going to be interested in all of them. But you are definitely going to be interested in some of them. I recently had, well, I say recently, within the last couple of months, I had a fascinating one on social media. And that, that was actually really interesting. Um, and I think today's one was on the future of money. Should hmm. the dollar continue to be the world currency? Is it time to get rid of currencies at all in the current sense and move to some sort of worldwide cryptocurrency? Should we just let Facebook do its thing? Is that the answer? It was really quite interesting. They always have experts. It's imagine a talk, a panel show on television, only instead of everyone talking over each other, they each talk in turn and respectfully listen to each other and actually rebut what the other person said and not what they wish they'd said. And then you have the real story. Hmm. I wish more Irish politics coverage was like this because all you ever get on RTE, Ireland's national broadcaster, is people speaking over each other so no one can understand anything. Whereas uh, that is not tolerated on the real story. And it's wonderful because it's intelligent people taking turns to talk and actually listening to what each other say and rebutting the actual points they actually made. So you actually learn something. And that's rare in this modern world. So again, dip yeah. in and out. But when it's good, it's really good. That is one of the things I like about the Accidental Tech podcast. Yeah. They both talk quite a long, or they, all three of them talk quite a long time and don't interrupt each other. Yes. And somehow it's not, it's not uh, rambling in any way either. Yeah. Actually, that's a good analogy, actually. Yeah. Only, so imagine that about politics. So I guess the Accidental Politics podcast. It's, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's good. Okay, then the last section I have is just honorable mentions. These are podcasts I really, really, really like, and they just don't fit into anything else that I've categorized today. So the first one is another MSNBC show called The Oath with Chuck Rosenberg. He interviews US public servants who have served in some sort of high public office and therefore taken the oath, I solemnly swear to uphold the Constitution of the United States, foreign and domestic, yada, yada, yada. Um, I, there's only one season of it so far, and it's not a big season, but um, it does manage to interview uh, Jim Comey, Sally Yates, and Andy McCabe. Hmm. Sally Yates, by the way, was a those superb the, interview. Those are the, uh, yeah, Sally Yates is, uh, Tim Comey, great people. Interesting. Yeah, and it's not about the politics, it's about their life, it's about their careers. Oh. So, you, so these people briefly make it into the news for one thing they've done in a career spanning 50 years. So in the case of Jim Comey, we know what he did in his last year, right? Some Hillary Clinton right. stuff and some Trump stuff. What did the man do for all the rest of his career? Yeah, there was quite a long time. He did a lot of yeah. great stuff, I bet. Yeah, so basically he, he does a two-parter and I'd say there's 10 minutes about the stuff we know. All hmm. the rest of it is about all the other things that man has done. And I was fascinated. And again, how did Sally Yates get to where she was? Okay, she was briefly famous for getting fired at the very start of the Trump administration. But that wasn't her sum total of her career. Right? You know, so it's... Really interesting, actually. Then, Stuff You Should Know is extremely long-running. They have 
hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of episodes. Every episode is about a thing. They explain something that often sounds trivial in our daily lives. There's probably a stuff you should know about toothpaste or about, <laughs> like, you pick a topic. They have done a stuff you should know about it. It is, they're wonderful. And what I found is that I didn't, compl- I did not complete stuff you'd know. Through their back catalogue, I picked and chose. But today, I listen to all of their current episodes, even if they sound boring from the description, because I've discovered they're not. Um, I didn't think I would be interested in a whole bunch of these topics, but it turns out they're actually fascinating. So I'm now being complete about it, but I, I, there are literally a thousand and something episodes. I'm not going back listening to them all. Wow. A recently started podcast, but a really good, is called Invention. And it's a deep dive into the invention of a thing. And it can be very wide-ranging. I just picked two recent episodes at random that happened to be alliterative. Toasters and Telescopes. <laughs> They're both fascinating. And the next one is another really long-running series. No, I don't think anyone could complete it. It's called The Y Factor. It's from the BBC World Service. And it's basically a 25-minute answer to any question starting at why. So it's generally about the human condition, right? Why do we bury our dead? Why do we laugh at jokes? Like any any why mm. question that involves human beings, the why factor has probably tackled it at some stage. From the most trivial mundane to like, why do we fear death? Like, I mean, they really, really go from the most profound whys to the most trivial whys. And they're all fascinating and they're short and they're kind of fun. Sounds like two two thirds of them are about death. By the way, you described it. I know. I'm, I, I'm I, guessing not. <laughs> yeah, they're no, absolutely not. It's just that some of the most interesting episodes have been about the different funerary practices in different cultures. Like, okay. Some of them like celebrate death in a way that we in the Western world don't. It's yeah. Um, and then the last one is just weird. If there was an award for the weirdest podcast I have ever listened to, this is it. <laughs> It's called The Anthropocene Reviewed. They are reviews of two unrelated things in every episode that have something to do with humanity. Uh, Because the Anthropocene, of course, is the name for the era where mankind is the dominant force on Earth. And I think the intent... Wait, you say, of course, like everybody knows the word Anthropocene? I just went and looked it up. Oh, okay. Apologies. Of course. Um, course, I I, I fell in love with that word when I first heard it because I think it sums up what we're doing to this planet pretty well. So it means the era that that humans were doing what? So basically, if you look at the geological record, we will be what defined this era in geology. Okay. As opposed to who? Up until now, it's never been a who, it's been a what. Like... So the KT, for example, what's, what's okay? So you have, if you look through the rocks, you have eras where different dinosaurs lived, which we call like the Cretaceous and the Jurassic and the Triassic. So okay, it's one of those. That's what I'm trying to figure out. What you're saying? Yeah, okay. got you. So it's not an official okay. one of those. It's a name people have started to give to the basically since the Industrial Revolution because it is. Oh, it is certain now that when you look at rocks in the future, say a millennium from now, you will be able to spot us in the rock. We have affected 
the rocks being laid down. We've filled them with radioactive stuff from the 50s and now we're filling them with our carbon and our chemicals. And like, you know, when you are a geologist a millennium from now, we will be the dominant feature of the rocks. And so... You know, anthropomorphic is stuff that's person-like, um, you know, so anthro is human. So Anthropocene is the okay. human age. That's where the word comes from. So this is, this is a big podcast then. Well, it could be, but it's, 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 it is weird, right? So basically anything humans have done reviewed on a scale from one to five, almost like a Yelp review. <laughs> right? Interesting. A lot of the stories end up being deeply personal and touching, like really thought provoking. Hmm. It's done by the guy who wrote the movie. Um, oh, what about the, the the girl with cancer who's dying who falls in love? The, something about the stars. The truth is in the stars, or something. Our fate is in the stars, or ah, sugar. Can't remember it now. I don't think I know it anyway. Yeah, it was a really soppy movie, but it's really nice. Um, and. A lot of these are really touching, but he seems to intentionally choose things that don't belong together to make two-part episodes. So each episode reviews two things. So I just went through and just randomly picked Scratch and Sniff Stickers and the Indianapolis 500. They're the two <laughs> things reviewed in one of the episodes. And another one that really makes you go, yeah, what now? Lascaux Paintings. So these are Stone Age paintings in France. And the Taco Bell Breakfast Menu. These aren't in the same episode. Yes, that's what I'm saying. These are. Oh, they are. <laughs> he intentionally pairs, so every episode is two things, and they are almost. Oh, they are always the weirdest combinations that don't belong together. So it's like he's going, "Well, everyone else would group two related things, so I shall do the opposite." It. I don't know how to describe this show. It's weird. It doesn't. You know, there's not that many episodes, so it's quite easy to dip in and just have a listen and see if it floats your boat. I. I ended up listening to it because another podcast played an episode in their feed as a cross-promotion thing. Because my initial reaction was, ah, that doesn't sound interesting at all. And then the episode came on, I was cycling, it was too much effort to flip the channel. And it was wonderful. Mm -hmm. It was the episode on Diet Dr. Pepper and gonorrhea, I think it was paired with that. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And it turns out, thanks to that episode, I now know I love Dr. Pepper Zero. Really? Yeah. So there you go. I learned something new. There you go. Well, this has been uh, a mammoth list, Bart. I cannot believe how much you listen to. That is uh, that is bananas. Yeah, and this is the list having excluded all the stuff I recommended before, because I still listen to all of those. Wow. Wow. That's, and it's an eclectic list. Well, this was this was really interesting. And now we have it all in one place. And as always, Bart has made excellent show notes with links to every single one of the uh, episodes and uh, and where you can find, not episodes, but podcasts and where you can find them. Yeah. So there you go. Hope you all enjoy. I had no idea how I should end this one. Happy listening. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> <laughs> stay tuned in and stay informed. How's that? I hope you enjoyed this episode of Chit Chat Across the Pond. Did you notice there weren't any ads in the show? That's because this show is not ad-supported. It's supported by you. If you learned something, or maybe you were just entertained, consider contributing to the Podfeet podcast. You can do that by going over to podfeet.com and look for the big red button that says support the show. When you click that button, you're going to find different ways to contribute. If you like to do a one-time donation, you can click the PayPal button. If you want to make a recurring contribution, click the weekly Patreon button. 
Or another way to contribute is to record a listener contribution. It's a great way to help the No Castaways learn from you. If you want to contact me for any reason, you can email me at allison at podfeet.com and you can follow me on Twitter at podfeet. Maybe you want to talk to other No Castaways. There's two great places to do that. You can do that in our Slack group at podfeet.com slash Slack, or you can join our Facebook group at podfeet.com slash Facebook. Thanks for listening and stay subscribed.